You've finally found it. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hey, 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 welcome to today's episode of Perpetual Traffic, episode number 12. We are working our way down the line. We've got, we're getting close to already 15 episodes. We're going again, quick. Yeah, we are. We are. We're, uh, we're cruising right along. Once again, we've got uh, Molly Pittman, Ralph Burns, and myself, Keith Krantz, with you. And on today's show, we've got a great topic that I know you're going to love, and it's going to be very, very actionable. So stay tuned for that. But first, we've got a couple really exciting kind of uh, celebrations, I guess, announcements, celebrations. The first one is, uh, what's the number, Molly? I think we hit, we, we crossed ah. the six-figure point. Yeah, 107,000 downloads. So thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, thank you very, I mean... Just, this has been awesome so far. Yeah, it's just it's just it's been amazing, and, and literally 107,000 downloads and over 400 reviews, almost all five star reviews, and that makes a huge impact. And, and, and thanks to you listening right now, listening to these episodes, downloading them, sharing them, uh, reviewing them, that's the reason why it continues to grow, and, and more people are able to listen to this stuff. And so we feel that we have a lot of great information to share. We we, we haven't even touched the surface. And we're really even more excited because now we're going to be even getting another higher level of not only experience with what we're doing right now with our own campaigns and our client campaigns, but of support from from Facebook itself, Facebook corporate. Uh, yes. Literally, yeah, last week. Why don't you uh, Why don't you guys tell them about the the meeting last week and the emails we got in the last forty eight yeah. hours? Well, it was yeah. pretty cool. I mean, obviously, uh, bo- both of us actually kind of got the same sort of thing a level a higher level of involvement with. Facebook ads, not only to to help with ad accounts and and uh, to grow our businesses and our clients' businesses on Facebook, but also to really, I think what they really want as well is to help improve the platform. I mean, I came away with that definite sense that day. Don't you agree, Molly? Yeah, definitely. Ralph and I had the the pleasure last week of going to the the Facebook office in Austin. Keith, we missed you. I know. I had to stay um, home and work. But, you were there in we, spirit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we met with some some really cool people at, at Facebook that uh, make a lot of decisions. And we're definitely going to be working uh, more closely with them because really Facebook's goal is to better educate um, their advertisers now. So they're really working on uh, that you know stream of communication. So if they're able to better educate Ralph and, and Keith and myself, then then we can better educate you guys. Uh, so really, really exciting meeting and uh, look for more information on the Facebook ad platform coming on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, there's there's 2 million plus advertisers and I think they're just looking to, to have some some resources to sort of leverage a little bit to, uh, to pass the word about Facebook ads and also the right way of doing things. So I think it's a stamp of approval on the stuff that we're talking about here on the podcast, as well as what you guys are doing, a digital marketer, and I think what we're doing on the agency and also on Dominant Web Media. So it's definitely good and hopefully we'll have some really cool, you know, insider scoop stuff and uh, future episodes we can share with you guys. Yeah. So- 100,000 downloads and a meeting at Facebook that means more info for you guys. So, exactly. Way to go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so, all thanks to thank you. Thank you. Keep implementing, yeah. keep implementing, and keep bringing your great questions. On today's show, what we're going to talk about is we're going to kind of continue the, the, the theme that we've had. Over the past several weeks, we've talked about 
how to find where your audience is, how to put your message in front of your exact ideal audience, and then how to craft the perfect content, how to create content and craft content that people will not only want to consume, but want to take the next step with you. And today it's time to create the perfect ad. So you can create the perfect ad to put out in front of the perfect audience. So let's get right into it. What we're going to talk about is how to really separate and distinguish between the different levels, the different temperatures of traffic. Remember, we talk about cold traffic, warm traffic, and sometimes hot traffic, right? So you want to be creating content related to these different temperatures of traffic, but also you want to be thinking about how you are writing the content that's on the ad itself and 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 what's on the image what type of image should you use if it's somebody that you know already knows you or maybe if it's somebody that's kind of aware they have a problem but doesn't really know who you are or maybe if it's somebody that's not even aware of a problem even exists and, if, and doesn't know who you are at all yeah and this all relates back to the cold warm hot audiences and how you talk to them in your ads is very different based upon sort of their level of hotness. Is that a Keith Krantz term, level of hotness? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> one to 10, baby. <laughs> one to 10. That's right. We're talking about ads, not not anything else. And Molly's bullseye, the cold, you know, what is it? <laughs> Blue, orange, red in the middle. Yes. But yes. I think it's a good analogy because, I mean, if you really simplify things here, you, you know, we talk about promoting content and Betty Rocker certainly did that. We talked to you guys about that before. Um, how you talk to people in those types of ads is different than if you're going for a straight lead, going for an opt-in, I want an email address and a name, or maybe a retargeting ad. You know, somebody who's maybe visited your blog and then you're retargeting them based upon a previous action. Then if we have time, we might even be able to get into uh, you know, how we do some of the, our like ads as well. But it, how you talk to each person or each sort of category in that cold, warm, hot is very different. And we're going to try and simplify that as much as possible here on today's show. So let's start with, uh, you know, ads to cold audiences. We really highly suggest first sending traffic to something of value, so a video or a blog post, something that's a really nice introduction to your brand that that won't offend the end user, right? You're not going directly for the sales. So your ad really needs to reflect that. Your, your copy needs to be a little bit different because they've never heard of you before. So really with an ad that we send to a piece of content, that copy at the top if you're looking at a Facebook ad and you you start to move your eyes down, that first bit of copy, which actually there isn't a character limit if you use power editors. So sneaky little trick there. You know, if you use ads manager, you're you're going to have a character limit up there. But if you're using power editor, you can really include as much copy as you want. That top bit of copy is is going to be pretty long. We usually write at least three, four, or five sentences. And, and we don't mean that it has to be a big chunk of text, uh, but just like you're going to give value when you send them to the blog, you really want to show them that this is going to be a piece of content, right? Um, so really explain yourself. Be very text heavy there. A lot of times people will put you know blog post in uh, brackets right at the beginning or um, you know video 
video, free video, uh, just to really show that it's a piece of content. And is that what you guys are, are seeing to work? Yeah, what we do is we think about it this way. When somebody sees an ad in the newsfeed, it'll say sponsored, right, under, under the, the page name of your page. And so if somebody sees the word sponsored there, automatically they're subconscious guard comes up, right? Just imagine somebody's fist, you know, going up like a boxer, getting ready in that position. So their guard goes up subconsciously when they see sponsored, okay? Well, they're trying to sell me something, right? And then any way that you can kind of quickly initially get their guard to come back down. And one way to do that is to, in your ad copy, let them be at ease that this is content. They don't have to opt in. They don't have to give you money to consume it, okay? There's a time and a place for that, which we realize the majority of your ad spend will probably end up being on conversion-focused campaigns. But for this specific type of campaign, you're bringing people in to to your world, you got to let them know. So use in any way that you can do that. Blog posts in parentheses or just blog or use the word article. They know it's an article. It's kind of ungated. And you still want to have a benefit, right? There needs to be a reason that they're going to click on the ad. That will always be the case. But just explain yourself a little bit more. This doesn't have to be as direct response. You're sending them to a piece of content. Again, you want uh, this ad even to look like a piece of content. I've seen some really good ads you know, to content in the fitness space where they actually put a recipe um, you know, as the copy there at the top yep. of the ad, because essentially, you know, you're even giving value before you get them to the piece of content, right? Uh, so here's a recipe. I'm showing you how valuable I am, right? Click here for, you know, the, the rest of the information. Um, so I think it's very important to just, um, you know, make sure that your ad to the cold audience uh, really reflects that you're going to give them value on the next page. Right. And also, let's say you don't have a blog. Uh, if you don't have a blog and you're listening to this right now, it doesn't mean you can't target cold traffic. We target cold audiences all the time right into opt-in pages. But what we try to do is we, we try to make that a percentage of it where we have another campaign that, that's always driving traffic into ungated content. So we're always every day, you know, we're getting more warm audiences, building up those custom audiences. So we have more warm traffic to target our, our lead gen campaigns into. However, if you don't have content, this, this is even more important. So you might even have to have longer copy in that if you're driving them to an opt-in page, or maybe you use a content with call to action kind of video where it's a little bit longer form and you're, you're giving goodwill and then you're driving them into your, your page. And also when you're, you're running traffic to a cold audience, you need to be uh, really aware of AdSense. Yep. So, you know, moving kind of down the ad to the, the actual image, um, of course you want to be eye-catching because, again, this is to a cold audience who's never heard of you before. But you also want to make sure that the image that you use in the ad is similar to something on the page you're going to send them, right? Similar colors, similar design. Maybe there's sort of a featured image on your blog post. Um, a lot of times our ads to cold traffic, it's just the featured image. Uh, from the blog, from digitalmarketer.com forward slash blog, right? And the reason you want to do that is because if they click on an ad and you send them to a page or a, a site that looks totally different from the ad, 
a lot of the times that will cause the person to realize that they actually left Facebook. They left the platform where they were just surfing around. And you want to make sure that that you don't spark that uh, realization for them. You want them to feel comfortable on the next page. So really making sure that the image, of course, is eye-catching um, and maybe portrays the marketing message or whatever you're talking about, but that you're also maintaining that scent over on to um, you know, wherever you're sending the traffic. The image is really, really important. I think it should be almost exact when it's cold traffic and you're sending them to a blog post. I mean, we usually just will style the image on the post itself or tell our clients to just cut it in, you know, using Canva, which is definitely a resource that we should, we'll have in the show notes here uh, because it's a free resource. And as long as you click on the surfer guy, which is one of the, uh, one of the images on Canva, totally free, it's sized perfectly. It's 1200 by 628 or 627. And so you can actually click on that image and it takes you right to the blog post. So what we usually do is when we'll write a blog post about something, let's say we're writing about, you know, a two-step template to keep your Facebook ad account safe or something like that. We'll have the image on the post itself on the blog or on your page and we'll use the exact same image in the ad. So they click on the image, they see it, they're like, oh, I'm in the right spot. You don't have to get too crazy on these images. Like, you know, you guys, a digital marketer, have like such ninja graphic artists and yeah, it's like, it looks awesome. so awesome. Brittany's like the best. Um, but we've used, I mean, I'm looking at some of the ones that I've created are just like, they look horrible, but they've got like 7% click-through rates. Yeah, they, <laughs> you know, they speak website, to the marketing like, message. Absolutely. I know, it's like a picture of a guy stepping on a banana peel. I mean, they're, they're, they're awful, but you know, it works. Yeah, yeah, so, no, let's touch on that for a second too, a yeah. little bit more. And I was going to actually use that example. I'm looking at it. I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> when in doubt, if you don't know what to use as an image, you know, take a still shot, like an action shot of you on, on camera, right? Because as you're branding yourself and it looks natural, and it looks like something that we'd see in the newsfeed, right? And I used to, that's the advice I would always give people, especially, and it still is great advice if you're brand new and you don't have any images, right? But what we've found recently is it can be more effective if you're targeting somebody who doesn't know you. That picture of you, that branding isn't as effective because I don't care about you. That's more for people that have already been in touch with you. That's when I use more images of me. And same with, with this account is there's a great image of a, like half of a tennis shoe stepping on this like a banana that's like half, it's already spread apart. And, and it's just, boom, what's the single biggest mistake of CEOs and entrepreneurs? And that has been, work just much, much better. So think about the benefit that the end user really wants to achieve. When it comes to your warmer campaigns, that's when you want to start using more and more branding of you or, or your specific brand. And if you guys want a visual sort of, you know, I'm we're talking about the Facebook ad from the top to the bottom, but definitely hop over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. We'll have some graphics from Keith and Ralph and, and even some we've made at Digital Marketer so you guys can follow along. What is it, the anatomy of the perfect content ad, Ralph? Uh, yeah, we'll make that a download, definitely. I mean, I think awesome. it's it, we're very, very similar to what how you guys do it. Definitely more yeah. ad copy. Totally conversational, too. I just want to add that in there in your, in your post copy. Don't like try to be John Carlton. I mean, you, no <laughs> one's John Carlton. I mean, just try and be yourself and make it personal to who you are. And then obviously put in the benefit. You know, you got to have a benefit related, you know, personalized, authentic, informal style. That's what works best on Facebook. And, you know, sometimes we put 
a link in there, like a live link, like the HTTP link. And sometimes we don't. Um, I don't know if you guys have run a split test as to which performs better, but uh, you know the point is is that you don't have to be exact here. I mean, this is as long as it's a benefit that's that's targeted to that market. And we talked about you know how to do your interest targeting in previous episodes. If you hit the mark with it, it doesn't matter what kind of ad copy you have, as long as it's not you know against Facebook's terms of service. But it do, it is benefit driven and it's curiosity driven and it's got a good image. That's you know maybe you just make it in Canva. Maybe you have a graphic designer that does it. Send them to the page. And looking side by side between like a cold audience content-based ad versus a lead magnet ad, like to a registration, you know, your cost per clicking on that ad, your cost as an advertiser is about 10 times less usually. It's a huge, huge difference. So if you can, you know, mix a really good message in there and then get some retargeting, which we'll talk about next, uh, it's a really nice one-two punch to, to bring folks into your funnel. We've ran tests where we ran an, an ad that's driving traffic with the same client into a, like a webinar registration page with the same audience and then that same type of exact same target audience running traffic into a, an ungated blog post where it was clear on the on the ad that it was a blog. So that ended up having higher relevant scores, higher click-through rates, higher positive feedback, lower bounce rates, which guess all those things give you lower cost per click and more importantly, lower cost per website click. And we saw in that result that the webinar registration ad was a 10 times higher cost per website click. And we've seen that across the board though. And, and it's usually five to 10 times cheaper to go to, to content. And you're building those, you know, once they hit your content, you've got them. They're on your audience now. They're on your, your, your invisible list. I, I want to ask you, what do you guys think about the one question here that I know people will have is like, do I put a link in the copy or not? And that, that's a question that we get all the time. <laughs> Um, and I think, I think it depends. First of all, let's talk about the, the most common Facebook ad, you know, the page post link ad where the image is a clickable link that we, what we've been talking about today, mostly in that type of ad. I think it's different with video ads and stuff like that, but let's talk about this one. We've, we've tested the crap out of this. And honestly, um, we, we really haven't gotten a statistical difference between the two. So a lot of times you'll see us with the link. A lot of times you'll see us without, um, a lot of the content ads that we run are actually written by our managing editor, Lindsay Martyr, because she knows the content really well. And she's a great copywriter, especially for a little bit longer text. And she likes to include a link. Um, so if she's included it already, then I run with it. Um, but you won't see any links on our more direct response type ads, uh, just because I think that it looks cleaner. <laughs> and it's really just a personal preference for me. Yeah, I haven't really noticed a difference. I haven't done it as uh, scientifically as Molly has, but I mean, sometimes I'll put it in, sometimes I won't. But if I have an ad that's underperforming, then I'll try it with or without, and I'll basically go with the best, you know, ads, the best headlines, and everything. I don't know as if it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you guys some of the split tests we've run, and if we could find statistical significance between the two, then of course we would run with with having the link or not having the link. But um, usually to content, we have the link. And usually when it's more um, for an opt-in or, or a retargeting ad to, to push them down the funnel, uh, we won't have the link there. Yep. And I, I agree. I've seen uh, mixed um, results. Sometimes in some cases where you, you get better results with some cases, better results 
without. So I think do what feels naturally, mix it up a little bit. If you're running a video ad, uh, that a little bit depends on how long the video is. This mm. is, I used to say you had to have the link in the post itself because they didn't have the call to action on your video until the very end of your video. It showed up on that last, you know, the last frame, but now they're having the call to action button on your video and in the player itself. And so it's not as important to have the link in the post itself. So with video ads, uh, we still usually put the link in the post, especially if it's a longer video, because then people can see when the video is playing, they just, they just kind of have that sense subconsciously that you, they can click through. Right. So, yeah. but, but I've seen in both cases, I've seen some cases where it was better without, in some cases it was better with. So just go with what feels natural, Absolutely. mix it up a little bit. And if you have really long copy, let's say you do have the longer copy, that's when you're probably going to be better off having the link in the post. Think about it. They're reading it. Yeah, because yeah, it'll really stand out. Yeah, and you might have two links right. if it's a longer yeah. copy post. So just do what feels natural in that case. So kind of moving down the Facebook ad, right? So under the image, you have a headline. So usually what we'll do is just take the headline of the blog post or whatever piece of content and make that the headline of the ad. Again, back to the AdSense. If that's the headline of your yep. ad and they hop over and that's the headline of the blog post, that makes perfect sense, especially if you're writing good headlines like Russ talked about in episode 9 and 10. You finally found it. Okay, that's the, that's the first line of a blog post. You finally found it. If you're writing headlines that actually interest people and, and they're good headlines, there's no reason not to use that content headline um, as the headline of your ad, right? Less work for you too. Yeah. Sometimes we'll change it slightly, but um, it's usually, this, it's usually yeah. the same. I mean, I know in your ad, sometimes you'll put like yep. brackets in there. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't know as if there's necessarily yep. a formula there, but I mean, as long as it's the same and yep. it's consistent with the rest of the copy. I know you guys put a lot of, you know, two steps to this or five steps to this. And I think that's a very, very interesting to people. This would be another great place to put, you know, blog post in brackets or article just so yep. that you're really making sure that this, this ad is screaming content. Right. Right. So they're more likely to click on it. Yeah. So, so basically the, the description below the image, you have a headline that we just talked about. And then below that, you have a few lines to create a description. And that's just similar. It's just basically that's going to support kind of like a sub headline would support the headline on an article or a sales page. You're going to do the same thing. So that's just supporting text to, to get them started. Or maybe you have some kind of a teaser. Yeah. It's probably the least read part of the ad. So you really just want to reiterate. You don't want to put something really important there in the bottom news feed description because, you know, it's probably going to be glanced over. That's not what is going to catch people's attention. Plus, it probably won't show up in the mobile news feed either. It'll probably get bumped out. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so uh, I'd worry about that the least. I've seen a lot of ads where people don't even put the description in there and they're running news feed desktop ads, which is the largest ad. It's the one that you see when you're on your desktop. But we tend to sort of just do a continuation in that section. It's like if we're talking about a two-step process, for example, or a five-step process, we'll put in like step one, colon, and then start describing it. And then maybe put like, you know, the uh, the famed ellipsis from the Russ episode. We're 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 big fans mm. of the ellipsis as well. Um, <laughs> big fans. Big fans. Yeah. Great. We can be friends. Love the ellipsis. Yeah, just like <laughs> Russ does. But no, it's great. But you got to be careful there because if you do too much and it's leading, it's like you'll never guess what's on the other side kind of thing in that content. Facebook will ding you for 
clickbaiting. So you've got to be careful there. So if you are using that ellipsis, don't do it in a deceptive way. Just make it sort of natural. Like, remember, I mean, these are people that are, they're seeing this ad in bed at 11 o'clock at night or after they get home from work or at noon when they're eating their lunch. I mean, make it natural and not not something that's clickbaity and it'll keep your account safe too. And that's totally, you know, within the guidelines of Facebook's terms of service. So watch out there. Yeah. So, you know, I think really the moral of the story there for the content ad, you know, when you're sending traffic to, to a cold audience and to content is you want the ad to reflect that this is going to be content, right? You're, you're not going to ask them to do something on the other, other side. And a couple things to consider. Number one is if you want another great reason to, to use the power editor is to look at the preview of how it looks on desktop and then look at the preview to see how it looks on mobile. So it's just going to look a little bit different. You might not want the link to show up on the right column or if it's right. in mobile, you don't want somebody to have to click see more if they, if they wouldn't have had to on desktop, all those types of things. So just get a good look Absolutely. at how it looks in all three kind of placements. And that's really important. And then I think the... Um, what about the button, adding the, the call to action button? So we use the button um, for, you know, lead gen or more direct response type ads, but we usually leave the button off of the content. Again, we want this to look uh, like mm-hmm. content. And, you know, when you see news articles in your feed, you know, if it's CNN or whoever you like on Facebook, a lot of people are, are getting their news on Facebook now uh, by liking news pages. But, you know, when they post an article, you don't see a, a button in the bottom right hand corner, you know, that screams ad. So definitely leave that off of your content ad. Yeah. I mean, we've seen higher click-through rates without the button on there. Um, just because and uh, we're actually testing this on lead gen ads too, just because it, to make it look less ad like, not that we're trying to deceive anybody, but you can also get in more description in there in the mobile newsfeed if you don't have it. And, um, obviously in the desktop newsfeed as well. So, um, we're sort of in the middle of a test right now to figure out what works best on lead gen ads, which um, I guess we'll get into at a later date because we're talking about this one for a while here. But I mean, we don't use the call to action button at all in content ads just because what Molly said just looks like it's an ad. You know, the click through rates are great enough anyway. If they know that it's safe to click, you don't need that call to action button. Right. And that button worked so great when it first rolled out because it was something different, right? So people started mm-hmm. clicking and and we tested and and that button had uh, you know, really gave you a lift on click-through rate, but now the button screams ad. Yeah, and the last part of it is the URL, whether or not you actually put it in. Uh, Facebook by default will pull the URL from whatever website you're sending your traffic to. So oftentimes we won't even change it at all and just sort of keep it the same for branding. Or we might replace it with the name of the company. Like for us, it's dominatewebmedia.com. And then we might put in dominate web media in three words. It's really the only thing that we'll do there. We won't put any sort of other wording in there. I think, Molly, you do pretty much the same thing. Yeah. No, absolutely. You'll notice all of you know our ads at the very bottom say digitalmarketer.com just to maintain that ad scent. Um, it's great for branding. And when they actually click over to your website, they're not going to be surprised. Exactly. So on the next couple episodes, we're going to go a little bit deeper into warmer type of traffic, like how to create lead generation, conversion-focused campaigns, okay, the different types of campaigns, get a little bit deeper on, on images and videos and those types of things. And we've also got a, a, an 
awesome guest coming on who doesn't do many podcasts at all. I don't know if he's done any, but we've got Frank Kern coming up and he's going to talk about exactly what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, how to craft the perfect message, how to have the perfect offer for people, depending on how warmed up they are to you. Okay. He's going to talk about the three levels and how he does it. And I don't know if there's anybody out there that's better at really engineering a process to get people to take action, whether they know you, whether they don't know you, or whether they kind of barely know you. So um, definitely stay tuned for, for that upcoming episode. And also when we go deeper on the uh, kind of lower um, people further down in the funnel, you know, how to get them to uh, take action the right way. All right, so in this episode, we walked you through how to create that the perfect content ad, okay? Each elements of that that are very important to, to having success. So think about this in your situation. You don't necessarily have to do it exactly the way we talked about, but just think about the key elements. That's the most important part. And then speak from your authentic voice. The people that we see that are having the most success on Facebook are being authentic. They're learning what people are, they're learning the, the strategies of people who are successful. And then they're kind of tweaking that to their unique voice. So speaking your unique voice and then follow the guidelines that we talked about, make sure you go back to the show notes at digitalmarketer.com and that will really help you be able to get a visual of this. Okay. So on the next episode, we're going to be walking you through how to create ads for warm audiences, people who already know you already. Maybe they're on your list. Maybe they've visited a website. Maybe they've, they've already bought something in the past. All right. So we can't wait to talk to you on the next episode and I will talk to you two very soon. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.